Hello and welcome to the Brave Marketing Podcast with your host Swapna Thomas. This is the podcast for the renegades, the trailblazing leaders and the change makers who don't just have a business, it's your calling. Those of you who want to make a difference and make money but all on your own terms. I'm on a mission to show as many life coaches as possible how you can have more income, more impact and infinitely more fun by being unapologetically and bravely you and breaking all the rules. I have created five figure months with no paid ads, a tiny list and zero complicated sales funnels. Simplifying marketing and teaching you how to use it for good in the world is my zone of genius. With this podcast, I'm here to share weekly episodes on the soul and the strategy of marketing, mindset, money and everything online business. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Brave Marketing Podcast. And today I'm here with a very special guest who is also one of my business besties. And I'm so excited to introduce all of you to her. Um, Please welcome Sarah Mack. She's a writer and creative business mentor who works with coaches, healers, and artist entrepreneurs who are ready for six-figure years, more freedom and fun in life and business. Uh, She supports creatives to sell high-ticket coaching offers and digital courses and attract dream clients on repeat by sharing their authentic story online. Originally from the UK, Sarah now lives in New York. She is also a singer, songwriter, rapper, video artist, and host of the Creative Magic Club podcast, which we have linked in the show notes. So definitely go and take a listen to that. Welcome, Sarah. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, Swapna. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. So I have to start here. We asked all our guests a weird fun fact about them. And your fun fact has got me completely tickled and I really want to start there. So you said that you used to be a punk rocker, wear sparkly dog collars and fight old men in the mosh pits at heavy metal concerts. The Sarah I know, I mean, I can't (laughs) really, you know, picture that. Uh, You are, I, I mean, I definitely think you're a rock star. But I just cannot visualize you doing that. So tell us the backstory on that. Yeah, my friends who have known me for a long time are always like, Sarah's lived several lives that a lot of her new friends don't really know about. (laughs) So when I was, I grew up just outside of London in Kent. It was like a 45 minute train ride. And I was just like a rebel throughout my teenage years. And I always used to tell my parents that, I was like staying at a girlfriend's house and I would just get the train up to London. And, you know, I've always really been into music. And at the time I was, that was like the first, well, I firstly, I was into like Spice Girls and Backstreet Boys. And then as soon as I hit my rebellious teenage phase, I was really into like heavy metal and um, like rock and yeah, and punk. 
And there was a bit of a scene in my local area where I grew up. And obviously London has like so many incredible, you know, musicians and gigs. And and I just loved it. And I think it was a really great avenue for me to channel all of my teenage angst and rage. And, and I just danced it all out. Um, and yeah, obviously there weren't that many. It was, yeah, it was definitely like a very guy heavy scene. And if you know heavy metal, it's, and like heavy rock, it's known for its mosh pits or it was back in the day. I don't know what it's like now, but where people really just like kind of get in a fight in the crowd and, you know, there's, it, there's respect and no one's trying to hurt each other, but it's like, everyone's just like laying down and letting loose together. And I just used to jump in with all of the guys. And I think they obviously, you know, saw this girl in there or like took it easy on me but yeah it was pretty it was pretty um intense but I had a lot of fun in that phase of my life mm. <laughs> so what we have definitely established here is that you were a bit of a rebel not just a bit of a rebel I think you were a full-on rebel <laughs> <laughs> yeah and did you have the same relationship with money a bit of rebellion because I know your journey has been a roller coaster of a ride um, you have worked in film crews, been a copywriter, then a business mentor, and now you are also a money mentor, right? So has your relationship with money, because I think one of your zone of geniuses is definitely talking about money. And I want to explore that with you. How has your personal relationship with money changed over time? As you've gone from working for someone else to working for yourself, and now as a money mindset mentor? I mean, okay, I'm writing a book at the moment, which is like laying out my personal journey of transformation and my relationship with money. And like, it's always been something that I've wanted. And I think because like our family, we didn't like, you know, we had a roof over our head, we had food on the table, like we were actually wealthy compared to like a large percentage of the world. But we lived surrounded by people who had a lot of wealth. And so that contrast kind of left us feeling like we didn't have enough. And like, we didn't go on the international vacations that a lot of the children in our area were going on. And, you know, we definitely felt like we didn't have the designer clothes. Like there was a lot of, we'd always ask for things and we'd always want things and we'd always get a no because there wasn't enough money. And so I think that kind of like instilled in us this desire for more money because we it was right there and so we've like as a family well like my brother's in business as well like I've always been very driven to have more money because I saw that it can create more freedom and a lot of I was always surrounded by friends who had more money than me and so I think you know a part of that is I've always had to be super super resourceful um and find other ways to get opportunities that I just didn't have money for my entire life and I think that's obviously like a great breeding ground for entrepreneurship because it's like creative problem solving right and and so like whenever I was given money you know I went through a phase at school where my parents would give me money for for lunch and I would save that money and then just like pick like chips off other people's plates and like or like take some sneak some food with me and then like keep that money so that I could then go and spend it at the weekend and and so yeah I've always been like super creative in finding ways to work for me that didn't necessarily yeah like require money or require me to have cash for it and I've always been 
very allergic to authority, I think, because of the like quite, you know, being the eldest daughter and having a lot of like control at home, which caused me to be quite a rebel. So I've been very, very like anti-authoritarian, like very allergic to it, very stubborn in um not doing things the way that I didn't want to do them or being forced to do things in a way I didn't want to do them. And so I never really got on well with long-term employment. I had, I think I hadn't had like a, an office job for more than about three months. Like I was always switching between things because I thought it was, it was more interesting and it was more fun. And even when I did an internship in film, when I came back from when I was in the process of emigrating to Canada, I think I had a six month internship at 20th Century Fox and I just used to go and sit in the park and cry at lunchtime because I just hated being stuck behind a computer where everyone was like, don't talk to me, like just email me. And and I just, it just never um, suited me. And so I think, you know, that's obviously why I gravitated towards film production where I was like always driving and there was, you know, often like hundreds of people on set. You're always meeting new people. You're always doing something different in a new location. Like it was a lot more stimulating for like an ADD type personality like me. Yeah. So that, you know, working freelance is just always something that I had done and sort of been, um, been accustomed to, you know, just having to trust that another job was going to come along and as it always did. And, you know, obviously knowing that you're only as good as your last job and making sure you bring your best so that you always get hired again and the opportunities keep flowing. And so I think that definitely, you know, was a good skill set going into entrepreneurship. And in terms of the way that my relationship with money has changed, I think um, once I became an entrepreneur and I was my own boss, like that's when I suddenly hit the wall of like, oh, like I'm responsible for my income. And, you know, before it was always like, well, like that's what you get, you get what you get. And there's not that much you can do about it. Like I, you know, I definitely have like asked for better positions and asked to improve opportunities for myself and, you know, put myself out there to raise my income when I was working in film. But with entrepreneurship, it's like suddenly you literally get to pick your price. You get to pick who you want. You get to pick everything. And it's kind of overwhelming the, the number of decisions that you get to make. And then that really you know, then I was really confronted with like, oh, why do I make the decisions that I'm making? And what decisions do I need to make differently in order to have more money? And that's really when I, you know, discovered money mindset and just the concept of like looking at my thought process around money, looking at my identity around money, looking at what I believed I deserved what I believe I was capable of, what I was willing to ask for. And it was really diving into all of that work very deeply that, you know, allowed me to shift the decisions that I was making. And I doubled my income three years in a row after I started doing that work from 25K when I started out as a copywriter to 50K when I launched my copywriting business and I stopped working through a freelance site, which was taking 20% of my income. Um, I started doing my own marketing. And then once I discovered the money mindset, I was like, oh, like I need to be teaching this and incorporating this into my work with my clients. And that's what led to me launching my coaching business. And I hit six figures the year after that. So, so yeah, a lot has changed and continues to change as I continue to continue to do that work and, you know, unpack 
and shift and evolve my identity in my relationship to money. And it's fascinating how when you're working for someone else, right, your money is, your income is capped. You cannot earn beyond a certain point. And when you start working for yourself, initially what you you realize is that of course there's like un, this there's this potential for unlimited income but you feel this pressure of the more you work the more money you can make and from there when you actually start looking at the thoughts and beliefs that you have about money you realize it's about the decisions right it's about how you think about money and how you decide to look at money, to look at your pricing, to look at the kind of offers that you're creating. And it comes down to those small, tiny decisions that we take aligned with our beliefs that make all the difference to the kind of income that you're creating, but also the kind of life you're living. Because I know freedom is one of your top values and making money with freedom is very, very important to you. So I think that's that's what I can see in your journey is that you have just created this um, opportunity for freedom and more and more money as you have grown in your business and in, in this journey. One of your podcast episodes is called Why You Making Money is Important for Everyone. And we have just been through a pandemic. We keep hearing about economies crumbling down. Um, they are constantly being told that a recession is looming. And I think capitalism as it is, it it's now feeling unsustainable. So personally, I feel this message of making money is important for everyone is very relevant right now, especially in the context of freedom and doing what you really want to do and live the life that you want to read you want to live and you know follow your desires. But I would love to hear your perspective on it. How do you see making money being something that is important for everyone in the world? Like you making money, a creative entrepreneur making money, a coach, a healer making money. How does that impact the whole world? I love this question. So yeah, that's kind of what drove me to start my business and help supporting creatives with money mindset is because, you know, I was constantly surrounded by artists in my community, like brilliant people, compassionate people who like give a fuck about the world and making it a better place and creating connection and sharing inspirational ideas, bringing people together, healing people, share, you know, pointing out the conversations that need to be had, creating space for change and transformation. And, you know, like the broke artist mentality is real. And it would, I would just be so frustrated to see all of these incredible people constantly struggling because of a lack of resources and so my you know like my vision is when the creators and when the women who you know who care and who have gifts and skills and ideas and stories that I really do see as the answer to all of the problems that we currently face, like the war, the separation, the oppression, the abuse, the toxicity, like everything that we have, you know, we constantly come up against in our different cultures and globally that just undermine human well-being and human potential. Like we hold the answers to that, you know, in prioritizing just health and wellness and 
children and you know uh the creativity connection sharing healing like all of these things that we innately have as gifts as women that a lot of the time have been you know they've been like an alternative culture or they've been sidelined or they've been um oppressed or like what's the word i'm looking for like um yeah isolated from the mainstream yeah we pushed to the sidelines right right and because it's not you know approved of in like the academy or like these patriarchal structures and government everything that's been like signed sealed and approved of by one particular you know oppressive group that holds the power in so many of of like the power structures in our world so you know the idea that what if we were better resourced like what happens when we're better resourced and i'll use myself as an example like i when i have more money my money goes directly back into women-owned businesses you know and i spend money on like food sources that i want to become more prevalent like i don't buy shitty you know walmart like pesticide riddled food like i buy high quality organic ingredients and so i'm voting with my dollar and our dollars drive the decisions of the markets right so when we have more dollars and we're voting more women businesses, more ethically run businesses, more sustainable businesses, um, you know, putting money into the things that we care deeply about, like hiring, I hire other women in, you know, different countries and I provide opportunity for other women. Like I've, I'm always hiring other women in my business and throughout the history of my business. And so, and you know, this isn't like, I'm not doing it strategically. Like this is just who I am. And so when I have more wealth, like that wealth trickles into more of these communities and it and it uplifts more of these communities that we want to raise the voices of, that we want to have more power, that we want to have more creative bandwidth to, you know, be seen and share their message and do their work and reach more people. Because I truly believe that when our stories are, you know, get to reach the audiences that need to hear them, transformation happens and, you know, the culture shifts and that's exactly what we need right now like we need to be talking about sustainability and taking care of the planet we need to be talking about health like there's so many things that you know are just like basic survival that aren't is not being addressed and is not being well taken care of in in so many you know communities globally so this is you know i believe in creativity like i believe in our creativity when we have a desire for something my belief is that it's needed in our ecosystem just like the bumblebee has a desire to kind of fly from one flower to another and then in that process he's sharing the pollen and he's you know supporting the ecosystem and the flowers to continue to reproduce when we have a desire to share a message or to write a book or to start a business or to have a child like our work through those desires is needed to evolve our ecosystem and it creates change and it creates harmony and health and balance and I think, you know, a lack of resources is the number one reason why we don't live out a lot of our desires. So healing our relationship with money and all of the stuff that we've inherited around not being worthy or not it not being accessible to us or just not being educated around it and not having the skills to generate and to keep and to grow money. You know, I see that as like a really, really important part of the solution to for us to be able to do more of our work, which is so needed. And it's one of my core beliefs that 
more money in the hands of more women can only be a good thing. It, there's nothing wrong that can happen when women make more money. Because like you said, women continuously, there's, uh, this, there's research done that women continuously pour back that money with more women and in their communities to, um, you, to create that growth for everyone. So that is something I think everyone needs to hear this part of the podcast for sure, because I think we can get warped in our own, um, you know, trauma around money and the wounds that we have around money and project that to the bigger picture um, without really understanding how money can be a tool for growth, development and just a whole lot of goodness in the world. Of course, there is a dark side to it, but that's with everything, right? Any Anything that can do good in the world can also do bad in the world. But that is, that is why people like you and I, we have to keep talking about what good can be done with money and how making money is important for everyone. So I love everything that you've shared here. Making more money, sort of gets me to talk more about pricing because I think it's pricing is something I've seen people have so much drama about. I still remember like in the early days of my entrepreneurship when I used to hang around in a lot of Facebook groups, people literally used to crowdsource their pricing that I'm, I'm creating this offer. What do you think I should price this on? It was probably also a way of subtle promotion, but I think the you know, the overall intention behind it was, I don't know what to charge. Like, please, someone tell me. And I think whether it is pricing something or raising your prices or talking about those prices out loud in the online world, it can send people into a spiral. So what's your take on pricing? And I also want you to give your perspective on the whole charge your worth thought process, because that is something a lot of Coaches talk about charge your worth and your pricing should reflect your worth. What do you think about that? This is a great question. And pricing is really, really personal, right? Because like everything in business, you get to choose everything. Like you get to design your business to fulfill your vision of your life. And so, you know, if your vision is like, I only want to work with four clients at a time or have like four calls on my calendar and you know at the lifestyle that I want to sustain in the city that I live in with the family that I have in the home that I desire to live in like that's going to cost x number of dollars cool then like design <laughs> divide the amount of money that you want to earn by the number of clients that you want to work with and that's your pricing like you you get to pick right and you can also be somebody who's like well I love working with clients and I'm happy to do 10 calls a week or you know or I'm going to do group programs and I want to scale it and I work with this number of people it's like all of these things are desires and they're all very very unique from one entrepreneur to another and you know, that's something that I've noticed for myself is like in connecting with my vision and in connecting with my desires, like the same things will come up over and over and over again. And it's okay to like play and experiment or you see someone else doing something and you're like, oh, that looks cool. I want to try it in my business. Like 
there's no right or wrong way to do it. And there's no right or wrong way to price. Like you can be like a super, super, super high-end coach, or you can be like a very accessible coach. Like you literally get to pick. And the way that I support my clients, particularly because I work with people who are, you know, like new-ish entrepreneurs and they're looking to raise their prices or they're looking to scale their income and, you know, working through the money mindset around that. Um, So I know that if you pick a super, super high price, even if you're like, this is the goal for me, but you're still really in your head about it. You still have so much resistance around it and you still have a ton of money mindset work to do around your worthiness and your like good enoughness to even receive that. Like you're going to not make any sales at that price. So I'm a big fan of like edging it up and, you know, like stretching yourself because I think the norm is women under charge. Like that's just, you know, the wage gap has been the same thing for like God knows how many years and isn't really changing. And the, you know, I I do see like the very, very simple, like single solution to this issue is that women need to get better at asking for more money. Like this is just a skill that we don't possess. And it brings up so much fear and so much just like old conditioning and patterning around like asking for what we want, feeling that we deserve to to get to receive what it is that we desire. And so that's, that's a practice. You know, I remember when I first started asking for more money and, you know, I was doing all the money mindset work and I was like, well, I just, this is obviously the next aligned step for me is just to put my freaking prices up and like having a visceral physical reaction. Like my hands were shaking and I was like, my body was like, this is terrifying. And I, you know, my mind was like, no one's ever going to pay me this much money. I think my first like biggest invoice that I sent out was like $3,000. It was like considerably higher than like anything that I had ever received in one invoice before. And it was literally like, I I don't know. I was like a, I was like a frightened animal asking for more money. And then every time I did it, nobody was like, you, how dare you? How dare you ask for this much money? Who do you think you are? Everyone just paid my flipping invoices. And I was like, oh, I've just been lowballing myself so hard because I just never had the guts to ask for more money. And it's literally been, you know, the simplest solution for me to double my income in the way that I did. Like it just works. So, you know, I always encourage my clients to just start asking for more, you know, and there's so many ways that we can be receiving more and like the way we package things and, you know, delivering value in ways that aren't dependent on our time. So there's so many things that we can start to shift when we really commit to what it is that we desire to receive. And we commit to, you know, believing that we get to receive it in ways that feel good and that feel aligned and that allow us to have all of the things in life that we desire without having to make sacrifices and to really rewrite all of those old programs that, you know, we've been running on for however many generations. And so, yeah. And, and, and the price that works is the price that's exciting because if you ask for less than you actually want, like when you think about selling your offer, you know, if you pick a price, cause your mind is like, well, no one will ever receive more than that, or I'm just too scared to ask for more money than that. If you pick that price and then, you know, unconsciously, like if you signed a bunch of clients at that price, and then you still weren't financially fulfilled, like you're, you're going to resist selling and you're actually not going to sign clients at that lower price. So it's really important 
for you to pick the price that's exciting for you, like just to keep bumping it up. And there's a game that I play with all of my clients. It's like pick the pick a price and then double it. How does that feel? Double it again. How does that feel? And like actually feel into um, the price that would feel exciting. Because when you do feel genuinely excited to receive that money for whatever it is that you're offering, like that's when you're in alignment. And so I've had experiences, I've seen clients have experiences that you've been trying to sell something for at, at a certain price and it's just not selling. And then you literally change nothing, but you put the price up several thousand dollars, immediately somebody signs. So that's what aligned pricing is because we get into business because we want to do it, right? We do, we, we make these decisions because we want to do it. It's the same thing with pricing. Like you just have to honor your desires and charge the prices that you want to charge. And, you know, you can continue to, to play and stretch yourself and put your prices up. And I feel like it's just like anything in business. You just experiment and like, see what feels good to you. Like push yourself, stretch yourself, like be brave, be courageous, try something new, try something different. And yeah. And like find what works for you. And with regards to the charging your worth, I mean, like you could never charge your worth, right? Like we're just, we're invaluable and our time is invaluable. And I think, you know, I think what this concept is trying to point us to is to value our time and to value our expertise. And, you know, even women receiving money for their intellectual property, like this is a new thing, right? Like women have, have gone from free labor in the home and like cooking and cleaning and raising children and, um, you know, even like relationships and all of like the social planning and in families, like that's like huge amount of free labor that women usually take on. And, um, and then, you know, then we see obviously like women going out to work and having jobs and careers. And then we start to pay for some of that labor. Either we pay for like other people to come in and help us with the cleaning or with the childcare. So we're used to this idea of like women's labor being paid for now, but this next wave is like women being paid for their intellectual property for their ideas. And this is still very, very new. And so you see a lot of skepticism around like online marketing and like even the coaching industry, like there's a lot of skepticism around it because people are earning so much money. Women are earning so much money and people are like, well, like we haven't seen this before. Like this, this looks too good to be true. And it's like, all of this is, you know, unconsciously we're digesting this and it's, it's, we're being trailblazers, right? When we're like, no, like I, of course I deserve to be paid thousands and thousands of dollars for my work and my ideas and my time and my expertise and my education. So just acknowledging that like all of that is going on and be brave and take a stand for it. And and ask for more that would be my death everybody listening like ask for more you can definitely receive it and you know do the mindset work to get to the place where it feels like of course you of course you deserve to be receiving more so what i take away from what you just shared is to first of all get really clear about your desires and first of all i think it's about being really clear about your version of success because a lot of people are just you know, taking on other people's version of success and uh, creating offers and pricing their stuff aligned on that. But you have to know what, what does success look like for you? And like you said, it might just mean five clients a week or just five clients in all. And that's okay. And then you get to price according to that. Um, so 
to get really clear about your version of success and your desires and then align your pricing to that. And I, and I completely agree with you that there is so much of programming in, especially for women, where we don't feel comfortable asking for what we know we deserve. And then also the fact that women's labor was always unpaid. And now that it has sort of skyrocketed and there is this no ceiling approach where you can literally shatter the glass ceiling and go much, much beyond it in terms of your income, it does trigger feeling of not, not being safe, right? Which is where all of that nervous system responses start coming up, the stress responses start coming up, where you feel that you're not safe to earn more money, you're not safe to charge more. And like you said, it feels like people are going to ask you and question you, how dare you? But that's not true. And creating that safety within us is the key. So yeah, this is amazing. I love this so much. And can I just add one thing to that? I think it's, I think, yeah, the whole like charging your worth thing and valuing the self. Because I think one thing, one part where people really get caught up is like, well, why would somebody work with me at this price when like there's somebody else doing it or there's someone else out there doing it who's already better than me or there's somebody else out there doing it who's cheaper than me? And like these are thoughts that always self like sabotage when we're pricing and when we're selling. And to just remember, like, I think, the most important piece of this conversation is that people want to work with you specifically. And, and that's why you get to pick your price because, you know, everybody's different. Everybody brings their different spin on things. Everybody brings a different background, a different perspective, a different energy when they are doing the work. And, you know, like, that's why, it what like it just works this industry and that's why like online marketing works and why authentic marketing works because like it is our uniqueness that allows people to connect to us as people that you know stokes the desire for to people for people to buy from us so you know when we really like when those stories come up it's so important to remember that no like I am the perfect fit for the clients who are out there because they just they will receive what I have to give in a way that will support them more when they receive it from me versus receiving it from that other person who's more successful than me or that other person who is charging less than me so that's why we get to pick our prices and because our time is limited like especially if you're a high level coach like you're literally dedicating your life and your energy away from your family away from you know everything else that's important to you in your life, like you are sharing your life and your time with another person to help them create results in their life. And that is so valuable. And the way that you do it is really valuable, you know, over and above other people and like independent of whatever you or other people are charging. So I think like that's like the most important thing to remember around this conversation. Yeah, I completely agree. What are some of your favorite ways to rewire this programming or this thought process people have around money what is something that you always go back to or something you're always telling your clients to do to rewire their thought process and beliefs around money it's really just like the old classic of like getting your thoughts out on paper and being like well what am I telling myself you know and just sitting down with your journal and asking your brain like why not 
Like, why can't I receive this money now? Like, what are all of the reasons that I'm telling myself around why this isn't possible right now in this moment? Putting them out on paper and then crossing them out and then creating more empowering stories that open you up to possibility. And, you know, this is like, this is it. Like, this is the money mindset technique. And just doing it consistently, consistently doing that cleanup consistently doing the digging too because a lot of these are like unconscious so actually actually sitting down and doing that work on a consistent basis and then choosing to rehearse and recite and repeat the new stories because it is like just type choosing what you type into the GPS. Like if you wake up in the morning and you're like, well, my audience isn't big enough or like, I'm not as successful as that other person. So why would they hire me? Like, of course your results and your actions are going to be different from when you wake up in the morning and you're like, I'm amazing. I can't wait. I'm so excited for all of the incredible clients that get to work with me and the the impact that I get to make through my work and the, the fun that I get to have doing it. And and I'm giving myself permission for making money to be easy and I'm worthy and deserving of receiving everything that I desire. And like when you choose to get up and start your day from that mindset, like the ideas and the actions that you take are going to lead to different results. So, you know, I, I talk about money mindset as like brushing your teeth. It's like, you don't just brush your teeth a couple of times a week. And then you're like, Oh, I really wish my breath wasn't as stinky. It's like, brush your teeth every day. It's like, if you want to have a good relationship with money, do money mindset every day, because I think it's something like 90% of our thoughts are repeated from the day before. So when you actually look at that, most of our thoughts belong to our parents and our grandparents. And like they didn't have the opportunities that we have now. And so if you want to create a result and a life that's different from your parents and different from your grandparents, you best be doing the work to clean out those cycles of thoughts that are like just trying to keep you safe and, you know, probably in scarcity from like the one of the wars that they lived through or, you know, like these things that are just, we inherit. And so yeah, it really is that. It's like, if you want to have clean breath, clean your teeth every day. If you want to have an empowered and fun relationship with money, do your money mindset work every day. It's it's absolutely on the money, <laughs> what you're sharing right now. And I, it's so funny because today, as I was brushing my teeth before I came to record the podcast, this is exactly what I was thinking because I was sort of mentally rehearsing my conversation with you. And I was thinking money mindset is basically mental hygiene, right? You have to have high standards for your mental hygiene. It has to be a consistent practice and you cannot skip things. Uh, And if you do, like you said, stinky breath. So don't be surprised when things are not working out. And I think consistency, I don't glorify consistency in the, you know, when we look at the traditional Uh, definition of productivity but I think consistency in what you know works for you is important Um, you won't dream of skipping you know brushing your teeth or taking a shower or things like that let's not overthink money mindset I feel like let's stay to the basics and just make it a part of our life like we look at our thoughts and that's how simple it actually is is to just look at our thoughts what do I think about money today what have I been thinking about money? What are some of my 
thoughts that I haven't really looked at, which might be, like you said, passed from my great grandfather who had survived three wars and starvation. And, you know, how is that affecting my life today? So I absolutely love this conversation. Everything that you have shared today is amazing. I think there's so much of food for thought for everyone when it comes to money, their relationship with money, their thought process around money, pricing. I feel like everyone who's listening is going to get so much out of this episode. What's currently happening in your world, Sarah, and what's next for you? This is perfect timing, actually. I mean, I don't know when you're going to release this, but I'm getting ready to relaunch my money mindset program, which is called Create Money the Fun Way. And I've actually created a a couple of free resources, which I'm really excited to share. One of them is a a short process that you can download called the cash injection, which is just a process that I use anytime I want to get out of a funk or, you know, get an influx of sales and cash coming into my life and just like break out of stagnation or feeling stuck or whatever around money and and sales in my business. And then I'm going to have a free three day series coming up where we're going to do some work and, you know, get in, put on our rubber gloves and get into the juice with some of those stories that have been getting in the way of, of making money in the way that that we want to be making it. And I'm writing my book too, which is, yeah, just everything that we've talked about and really sharing my journey of transformation and, and the key lessons that have stood out for me that really made the biggest difference. So yeah, that and so many other fun, exciting things that I'm really excited to share with everybody. So we are going to share all the links to your current things in the show notes, but where can people connect with you? What's your most intimate, fun way to connect with people online? So you can find, you can connect with me in all of the places via my website, which is with saramac.com. And I love hanging out on Instagram and, and I share my store on my stories every day. I love hanging out with people there and connecting with people there. I also have a free Facebook group called Big Creative Fun, where I do free trainings. And obviously, please come and follow and listen to the podcast, which is called Creative Magic Club. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sarah, for this conversation, for just everything that you're doing in the world, because I feel like every single person I meet or I see online, we are all part of one big ripple effect and we are changing the world as we know it. And I am just really honored to do you and have you in my life as a business bestie, because Um, You have been there for me and for the other business besties in our group. And uh, you're amazing. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. That's the episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I am thrilled to have you as part of the Brave Marketing community. Because this podcast is still brand new, it would mean so much to me if you could leave a five-star review as that will make it easy for other brave hearts to find this podcast and grow our community of rule breakers. Until next time, have a brave week ahead.